If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. They said we couldn't do it. They said we were washed up. They said the podcast was dead. They said that there wasn't a comeback in the cards. But here we are, defying all odds, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time in three weeks, we are back. Yes, yes, yes. Now, it is our apologies first and foremost. But after a prolonged absence, your favorite podcast crew is back with another episode. This is episode 26 of season two, brought to you by none other then Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you reach your Pinnacle. Go ahead and check out PinnacleSup.com for all of your healthy lifestyle products. View their new bundles. And, of course, use that promo code MickeyZizzy to get your free merchandise with any purchase. Now, I wouldn't be Zizzy without the Mickey. So let's hear from the man himself, Mick. What's up? It's been too long, bud. It feels like an eternity. It feels like a whole season has passed with all the monumental storylines that has happened these past three weeks in the nfl has been absolutely insane you have to, uh seen it within the podcast beat the pickums uh beat the podcast nfl pickums and how those results have been going it's been insane it's been crazy we are about to digest chew it all up spit it back out to you about our reactions of some teams in the nfl and how crazy it has been Welcome back. Oh, let's go. I know, man. It's been a lot. It's been a lot that we have missed as far as covering it on the podcast, but not when it comes to us watching it on the TV screen and seeing it in the pickums and everything else. It has been crazy. What a wild and competitive NFL season it has been. I mean, it's any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, somebody can win. It doesn't matter. There's been a lot of upsets, especially in the past few weeks, that has shaken shaking up the pickums uh standings for right now but first and foremost as always it's been a while but we got to start it off with our person or persons of the week what you got for me mickey hunts all righty i mean it's been a long time coming and we could go with justin patrol with another you know successful tanzania water fund but we already had him on for an interview and you know, we could go with some other people who are making great strides and whatnot, leading that podcast pickums like we've already talked about. But I'm taking it home to Grant Wood, a uh, place where I work out. I want to give a huge shout out to Aaron Sass. He is a uh, teacher there. He's a uh, helper out there in Grant Wood, and he does such a phenomenal job with all of the students. He makes sure that he helps them pursue what they want to within the school. We are doing some fifth grade extra murals right now and he always comes and supports them and it's truly awesome to see teachers going out of their way to go see what these students do outside of school and come and cheer them on and he's always one of the first ones there to greet them and he has such a good relationship with all of them and it's truly a blessing to be in a lot of these students hearts so huge shout out to Aaron Sass who also had a birthday a while ago all right man shout him out shout out Aaron just uh, I mean obviously great to be a good mentor, not only to you and everybody else as your friend, as a teacher and everything else, but of course the kids, man. The kids, the generation, that's how that's how the world's going to go around and get better moving forward. So awesome to hear about that. Also, happy birthday to you, Aaron, if you are listening and you had a birthday recently. Congratulations. Hope it was fun. Glad to see another year. Um, but that's awesome, man. Glad to hear it. Always, always love supporting our fellow teachers, our fellow coaches, our fellow um, 
kid influencers as long as we're influencing positively. But let's keep it going. On my side, this is a sports podcast. So I actually kept it with the athletics. If you guys don't know, Mickey obviously has been in a flag football league for a little bit, but Zizzy has finally joined one again for himself and is back oh, yeah. on the Yes, yes, it's been nice to be back on the field, nice to play again, regardless if my old body is uh, dealing with injuries a little bit more than I'm used to. But either way, my person of the week goes to Dave Sills, one of my teammates on the team Balls Deep. That is our team name. Gotta, gotta love it. Uh, but this past weekend, we went out, we got our first dub, and honestly was a pretty clutch play down the down the stretch in the fourth quarter he got it it looked like the play off of uh sports center where the guy ran through and stole the pitch and took it to the crib basically they tried a backwards lateral and he did the exact same thing so that was his clutch game winning play but on top of that i mean he's been doing big things with work he's been doing really good and sit in his sales job um he does uh, he works in music on the side so he's his own little spotify and apple music artist and that's been going pretty well for him so got to shout him out uh, appreciate him. He gave me some good vet- betting advice, uh, got me into the player props and the NFL bets now. So now I got to watch out, make sure my bank account isn't going de- is going up instead of down. But he gave me some good advice this weekend, got me some winning bets. So all in all, great job. Got to love it. Support Dave Sills. We appreciate you, man. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. We love hearing all the updates after the flag football game, seeing how well all of us are doing, balling out against other teams. It's really cool to see, and I know you're locking it down the defense, playing a little bit of safety, uh, but I know you're going to be keep on killing it. Uh, nursing that hamstring injury, I mean, you heard it here first. Uh, nursing the hamstring, are you going to be active next week? What's the stitch on that? Uh, so I got lucky. I got lucky. So yes, on the pretty much last series or second to last series, I want to say, um, cause I'm mostly just playing safety position, like you said, but, uh, they throw me in on offense every now and then whenever they need to rotate or someone needs a break or whatever's going on. But yeah, no, it was like last series or something like that. We were trying to drive down there and kind of seal the game. We needed a first down and I was just breaking out of a route, felt the hammy tweak on me. It didn't like fully pull. But I I could tell if I kept trying to run on it, it was going to be done. And you know how hamstring injuries are. That could be weeks and weeks and weeks of recovery. So um, thankfully this week we have a bye. So I, I get an extra week to kind of stem it out, ice it out, heat it up. And hopefully it'll – hopefully I'll be good to go next weekend. So we'll see. We'll see how all that goes. But I, I think I'll be all right. If anything, I might have to miss a game, just one. But – I think I'm all right. I don't I don't know. I've been doing my stretching, like I said, doing all my recovery stuff. Did some jogging a little bit this morning with my workout, so didn't feel anything there. So I'm hoping give it another 10 days or so of rest and we'll, we'll be able to get there. Just sucks when it comes to working out because I'm trying to hit leg day and stuff, man. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. Holding each other. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you stretch. Don't get old. It sucks. Oh, yeah. So, we are going to dive in into the NFL. But before we do that, you know, we got to update the fans on that Beat the Podcast Season 2. I know I've been mentioning it because it's getting pretty hairy. Besides Mm -hmm. driving away right now with a five-way lead. Cannot catch him anymore. I said, follow the leader. And he said, nah, I got it. He said, I become the leader. I'm in second place as Mason Davis. He's five games behind. 
And then in third place, so technically still an All-American at this time, is Zizzy Yank trying to get his second All-American title with six games behind Cheyenne, one game behind Mason. In fourth place was last year's champion, Ben, who is two games behind you, Zizzy. And creeping back up a little bit, this week's champ, Mickey Hines, your co-host here in fifth place, who is three games behind Zizzy trying to, and nine games behind Cheyenne. Then Steven is two games behind Mickey in sixth place. Aaron is in seventh place. Chandler Sims is in eighth. Omar Hernandez is in ninth. Riley Bell, Zach Novick, and Aaron Nickel are all tied out. 110, 83, and one due to the tie. In 13th place is Hunter Wright. In 14th place, Nolan Tubal. And Greeny, no Greeny, is in 14th place. Not getting last place. Okay. And okay. then in last place, okay. my boy David Taylor, who's biked all the way across Central America doing great things, is in last place. But that's your quick update, y'all. Keep sending the picks. It's getting crazy. I will say, I did notice, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do to make up some ground. That's why we, a couple of us are sweating at the top looking at Cheyenne with a five-game lead. I mean, some of us are going to have to put a couple big big weekends together. I'm talking like 14-2 and two or better for the next few weekends if we want to stand a chance to get back in it for first. But I will say, overall, much closer race this year. I mean, I'm looking across the board. There's not one person underneath 100 wins. There's not uh, everybody from, I would say, first to 10th is pretty much, or maybe second to 10th if you take out Cheyenne, but it's pretty much within five to seven games of each other, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's close this year. We got we got a lot of people have a shot of being an All-American on the Beat the Podcast Pickums this season. I mean, Last year, I'm looking at right now, it was a 10-game spread between the top three. Now there's two people, one game underneath that. So it was about about six people trying to compete for that top three, which, I mean, this year, I mean, someone from eight can easily jump up there um, with a good week, like you're saying. We still got, I mean, week 14, 15, 16, and that bonus week. Wait, 17, True. 18. True. Sorry, because they play 17 games this year. So, I mean, a lot more weeks, a lot more crazy can happen. But there's your update. All right. All right. Love to hear it. But we got to catch up, man. It's been a while. There's a lot going on. NFL's getting crazy. Where do you want to start? Zizzy, you know me. I'm a Bears fan <laughs> through and through. I have to address <laughs> yeah, the, get the pain out the way. I have to address the media. We're going to tell this like a story. Since we've been gone. Since you've been gone. All right. Anyway, back to it. I'm a podcaster, <laughs> not a singer. Week nine. <laughs> Monday night football. I'm feeling myself. Justin Fields is feeling himself with 219 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But, Yank, we were hoodwinked. We were – someone paid off the refs. The Steelers somehow stole that game. We've been bamboozled. The calls in that game were absolutely horrific. Now, I'm not one to blame the refs, Mr. Zizzy. But this game was awful. Marsh goes over there, makes a great play against his former team, just stares. You zoom in. He does not make any noise. He does not yell at the other sideline. He stares, turns around. The ref does a little booty bump to back up and reaches straight for his flag and throws the flag and calls it for taunting. Taunting is one of the dumbest rules, and I cannot wait for us to digest that alone on the podcast. I'm not going to get too much into it. That was bogus. Justin Fields is getting thrown onto the ground. He's just sitting there. And leans back like, are you kidding me? Give me a call like you're giving Big Ben. And the list goes on and on with some poor non-called for pass interference here. Some other holding and jumping, constantly jumping off sides. Maybe that's more of a coaching thing or whatnot. That game, we were hoodwinked. It was bogus. Okay, Yank, stay with me. The story continues. Week 10, Chicago has a bye. All right, get everyone healthy after that. 
disaster. Another game, another chance for the Bears to go get a W. We go play the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Like, okay, their star player, their franchise player, the cover of Madden 21 is not in. And Tyler Huntley comes and gets a W. Justin Fields bruises his ribs, balling out. Offensive line isn't looking too good to be blocking for David Montgomery for 58 yards. Andy Dalton comes in, throws two touchdowns, no picks, 200 yards. That's great for a backup quarterback. I'm not going to get mad with the Red Rifle for how he performed as a backup. Fell short. It was really depressing. All right. Now let's move on to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. next week. I know. Bear with me. This is how this episode is I'm going to you. go, ladies and gentlemen. Thursday night football, or not Thursday night, just Thursday football on Thanksgiving. I was feeling sick. It came down to the last kick, Yank. 16-14 against the defeated, no longer defeated, but at the time defeated Detroit Lions. I was sick to my stomach because the last time I watched a game-winning field goal, potential game-winning field goal with my parents was, you know what, Cody Parkey, the double doink. In my mind, yeah. I'm like, it's going to happen again, but the curse is finally broken. I can watch a football game with my parents again, when it, especially when it comes down to the wire. Uh, Andy Dalton... You know, I, I wouldn't say, like, he necessarily balled out. I mean, his stats aren't going to lie with 317 first quarterback to go 300 yards all what? year for the Bears. So, good. It, it looked good, but I'm still not sold on him uh, replacing Justin Fields, who was hurt, and it's against the Detroit Lions. Okay? Yeah. We got through with the scare, got a W, giving me some hope, staying in the hunt. And then week 13 comes. Last week, Yank. And – I knew it was going to happen. Playing against our Arizona Car- uh, Cardinals, the Kyle Murray podcast here. Um, the Bears just didn't look good. The better team won, and that's a fact. Now, Yank, I just updated you on the past four weeks, and I know I'm talking your ear off right now. But Haggy has not really sold me on why he should stay after the season. I need a crucial win sometime down the road. Our offensive line needs work, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Our defense is getting banged up. We're having a lot of injuries, and we let up big plays and just letting people run down the field for easy touchdowns the first week back like DeAndre Hopkins was. Um, David Montgomery, though, looked phenomenal in this last game. I mean, mm-hmm. he's bumping off people, looking like a true cyclone. Um, go Hawks, though. But it's rough here in the neighborhood of Chicago. I mean, you just hear the pain in my voice week after week of these close matchups and games we're supposed to lose, all that other stuff. But uh, I threw a bunch at you, Zizzy. What do you got on my Chicago Bears? When it comes to the Chicago Bears, I mean, it's it's a roller coaster ride for you guys, really, as a, as a fan base this year. But, I mean, it's kind of what I expect at this point, just because it's not that you guys have a bad team. I think the defense um, obviously has had a couple games where they've struggled. But for the most part, is a consistent unit. They've had to deal with some injuries on that end. Um, Khalil Mack hasn't played every single game this year. So, I mean, obviously, as the leader of the defense, that hurts anytime he doesn't play. Um, but on top of that, it's really – I mean, you're coming down to – you guys have a quarterback carousel going on because of injuries as well on that front. I'm with you. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback of this team. He's proven that. Thank you. He's shown what he is capable of doing with his legs. He's a good, th- he's a capable thrower, especially on the run. He's made plays happen. I mean, you go all the way back to that week nine game that we talk about. I know that you're, um, and that's where I will, I'll disagree with you a little bit on the Matt, Matt Nagy statement. But week nine against the Steelers, I mean, that was Justin Fields won that game. In my opinion, yes, he won. Thank you. 
in my opinion, he won that game. Um, going down, I mean, when the Steelers take that lead late in the game, it takes Justin Fields 66 seconds to create a scoring drive to go ahead and take the lead again. They would have had an even bigger lead if that one crucial, terrible penalty call took away that one-yard touchdown from Jimmy Graham. I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff that's just going on in that game as far as penalties and calls. I know you like to say don't, but you don't want to blame the refs. I'll blame the refs. I will blame the refs wholeheartedly <laughs> on that. They had horrible calls. I mean, the from the uh, taunting call to the call that took away the touchdown from Graham. I mean, there it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then any time that the Bears created the momentum to where it was like, finally you're going to steal the game. Nope, give it to Pittsburgh. Nope, give it to Pittsburgh. So that one was hard to see, and that's where I'll start saying what you're saying. Like you're looking for a crucial win from Nagy. I, I thought that could have been it. I thought that could have been a big one. Obviously, this past week you're playing the Cardinals, who are – the best team record-wise in the NFL. Kyler Murray was coming off of a three-game absence. You're expecting him to kind of show up and do something big now that he's back in prime time on NFL Sunday playing football. You know what I mean? Like, we're a oh, Kyler yeah. Murray podcast. We expect him to do well. He goes and he he goes out and gets four total touchdowns. The Bears are just a couple pieces away, man. I know you guys are four and eight. I, a lot of people would disagree with, with me on that and say that, no, nah, they're not. They're more than a few pieces away. They got years and years to build. I don't believe that. I think Justin Fields will get a full offseason coming up to kind of get himself even more familiarized with the offense, adjust to the NFL speed and and concepts a little bit more. The defense, you guys maybe could bolster that up just a little bit more around Khalil Mack because he is getting older and everything else as well. You've got Roquan Smith. You guys have players out there, so – there's not, there's not any Eddie Jackson, other players, like things of that nature, but maybe bolster it a little bit more if you can in free agency. You never know. But really, it just comes down to that O-line. I've said that all year. Um, the running backs are fine. Montgomery is a beast now that he's back from injury and starting to get his legs underneath him again. Um, but the O-line, I mean, you just they work on that. They keep Justin Fields from running around all the time. They keep their quarterbacks from getting hit, having to put in the red rifle. I mean – Andy Dalton is just inconsistent. You know, we not neither of us liked that pick when he got signed in free agency. So I mean, I didn't like it from the get go. I no, I, I, I do not like this pickup. I, I, I know that, and I understand that. But when you're looking at the Bears, like Andy Dalton is just not a starter in this league in my mind in general anymore. So when you look at him, yes, he had that one game with the 317 yards and touchdown, didn't turn it over, whatever else. It was a great game. But then he comes back this past week against Cardinals and has four turnovers, like four interceptions. Like, I don't care if he threw for 230 and two touchdowns. You turn the ball over four times against the number one team in the NFL, you're, you don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance. And as an NFL quarterback, you may not be able to win every game, but you damn sure can lose every game. <laughs> and, that's what I see, and that's what I see a little bit more of when I watch Andy Dalton at quarterback. So it's kind of just been a year of unfortunate circumstances I'm not going to put it on Matt Nagy as much as a lot of people would. I think the only thing that he fumbled, I think the only thing that he really fumbled this season was how he handled the quarterback situation to start off the year. Um, But ever since then, I mean, ever since Fields has taken over, I feel like it's gotten better. The team has come out. They've fought every game. Every game's been close, regardless if they should be winning them or not. Like the Lions game, yeah, it shouldn't have been that close. But I mean, the Lions just came out and beat the Vikings this past weekend. So, 
you never know. It's been a weird year in the NFL in general. Bad teams have beaten great teams. Great teams have come out and just fumbled on certain weeks where you don't think it's even possible for them to do so. But Bears sitting at four and eight. I I mean, I'm going to say it now. Their playoff chances for this year are done, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. As much as I love to sit here and listen to you kind of be upset about the Bears just because they get mentioned all the same, just like I know you do sometimes with my Dolphins, it's it, it sucks. I mean, and it is what it is because you guys really haven't gotten a true look at your squad this season, in my opinion. There's just been too many injuries. There's been too much drama and, um, I don't know, just poor decision-making. Um, and with that, I think it's just a pack your bags, get as much experience as you can for some people. If, if Justin Fields can come back from his injury and get some more games in, let him get his get his experience up, and then next season it's a full go for the. I, you know me, I'm one to hold on to everything. That there's still a chance that we're still in the hunt, even after losing so much. I can be a positive mindset, but I gotta be an honest man, and say we're going to be the team that upsets other teams to ruin their seedings and playoffs or not let them go to the playoff. That's what we should be rooting for. All right, we have Green Bay. I'll be there at the game, by the way, Sunday night football. Let's go ruin That's, their chances to yes, become a number one seed. That's what we got to be. Yeah, very cool. Shout out, Haley. She's uh, the best. Um we got to be that team that's just going to go and upset teams. You're right. Get Justin Fields that experience now. Let him make the rookie mistakes now. So next year, he'll be like, all right, I have that experience. I know what to do in situations. I know how to game win for in practice and relate it to a game. It's so crucial for him to be taking those first team reps, excuse me, and go try to do it on a Sunday day, Sunday night. So it's really going to be able to see if he can be healthy, play the last two, three games, and then, like you said, off season. We need a corner. We need someone else in that secondary. Khalil Mack, maybe we ship him. I mean, we're going to go on and on with the offseason moves that we think for each one of our teams. But the Bears, and my last thing is, we are not a bad team. We're not a good team. We're going to be a team that upsets teams. All right, because we'll be in Vegas odds. We'll be the ones with the plus sign next to us. They're going to go upset teams and ruin their chances. That's what we have to get hyped for. And that's my rant. And you know what? I'll leave it at that because I don't think there's much more <laughs> to say with them. Honestly, moving forward, I just you hope for the best, and honestly, just uh, just from watching your to week with your Bears recaps, you can just kind of tell the blows that you've been taking and the energy that it's taken out of you. So honestly, I hope you're right. I hope they get some upsets. I hope they uh, show some signs of life and get you get you a little bit excited heading into next season. But uh, I mean, I still think you guys have your quarterback. I don't want anybody to doubt that. And very well, and has only gotten better as the season progressed, and he had more starts underneath his belt. Uh, but they got to do something with that O line in their off season. I think that's their number one priority. Oh yeah. Now yeah, um, we are going to move on. I'm going to bring up my second team. Uh, everyone who wants anywhere, bring up three teams who we feel like need to be talked about, or ones that we want to talk about here on the podcast. Me a little bit lengthy one because we have a lot of weeks to get to. Now. Second team, no more Bears talk. All righty. The Dallas Cowboys. I've been hyping them up since day one. All right. I've been hyping them up since day one. I'm loving the team. I'm loving Dak Prescott. And let's take you back to the storybooks again, Mr. Yank. 
Mm-hmm. Week nine, they lose to the Broncos, which actually hurt me in the Survivor League to choose a team to win. Um, I would almost say it was a fluke of a game. Dak really didn't play like super spectacular. It was just a weird game to watch. Okay, I think he had around 200 yards passing. All right, then we move to the next week, and they play the Falcons, and they put a clowning. Call me, pardon my take, a clowning on the Falcons, 43 to three. All right, almost 300 yards for Dak. And everyone on the ground, Ezekiel Elliott had two rushing touchdowns that day. CeeDee Lamb has two receiving touchdowns. The Dallas Cowboys just go straight up and embarrass the squad over there. And Trayvon Diggs, who put him in a VP. I know he's blowing a lot of coverages, but he has so – I think he has nine interceptions now through 12 games. Uh, give the man – put him in the MVP talk, all right, because we'll have another talk about MVPs, and that's kind of a wild case its own. But so in week 10, they went and showed that the Dallas Cowboys are an elite team that are they're a team to be reckoned with this year. All right. So, I mean, okay, they kind of got their swagger back. Then they go play the Kansas City Chiefs. This game, again, another weird one. They're kind of having a little bit of a roller coaster of a season. They play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are trying to find their their name again. They're trying to find their voice again and saying, hey, we're still that team that went to the Super Bowl a year ago. Dak, oh, buddy, you – I wouldn't say got exposed, but you had a bad game against a poor team uh, – against a bad week, which is what I probably should say here. You don't have a bad week against the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll take advantage of that. Two picks, no touchdowns, 200 yards. Looking like a rookie out there. Um, a man, Dak, that hurt. But we'll keep on moving there uh, forward on that. But you also have to give credit to uh, Micah Parsons on that team. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Murphy, his name in. It's – non-negotiable at this point. Forcing fumbles, breaking Chase Young's, Young's records when he won Defensive Rookie of the Year, like where his stat line was at, and it's only week 13. Uh, Micah Parson is elite. He took that year off, and he said, sorry, I'm going to go ball out for the Dallas Cowboys and really solidify that defense. They only let up 19 points in that game to the Chiefs. You hold the Chiefs under 20 points and you don't win, like that is really tough to do. Then you get to the Thanksgiving Day. Um, and they lose to the Raiders in a close overtime thrower where the kicker, where I think you actually had the kicker in fantasy, scored 21 points in fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah. Stupid crazy, okay? The Raiders are one of those teams who are going to keep you in it, and they're always going to be in it and try to upset you in many, many games. Dak threw for 375 and two touchdowns, really not his fault. Uh, but once again, it's really, really tough for um, the Dallas Cowboys this week. So, are the Dallas Cowboys good? That's the question what everyone's going to be saying. They lost a close one to the Raiders. They lost a close one to the Chiefs. Like, these teams are good. And then they go beat the Saints by 10. Really saying, like, hey, put us back in that playoff contention. Put us back into respecting us moving forward. Now, that's kind of like your quick update right there, well, quickish, about the Dallas Cowboys. And I still think they're an elite team without a doubt. You have an MVP caliber, Trayvon Diggs. I don't care what anyone says. You have the defensive rookie of the year. When Dak kind of gets it situated and kind of fixed out, they'll be good. They're losing to the good teams, though, Yank, and that's what's really going to be a struggle for Dallas. Mike McCarthy has to do something to get this team organized during their, through the week of practice to make them win those big games. Because if they can't win a big one, if they can't win against these teams that are winning, then they're going to be in trouble. Washington football team's on a five- or four-game win streak right now. This is going to be a great opportunity to answer the door, answer the phone call. I'm calling up Dallas saying, hey, you got to go get a win against a good football team. The name of this team is Washington football team. There's no better thing to do on Sunday at noon 
to go get a W to really solidify yourself back in that conversation as a almost say Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, I mean, I still am mind blown at the beginning of the year how you even called this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a smart guy. I mean, I, I'm not saying you're not. It's not like you don't know your sports. We wouldn't be on this podcast if you didn't. But <laughs> I'm just saying it's the it's the defense for me, and I feel like that's where we're starting to see the trend has been different these past, oh, I don't want to say five weeks or so for them. But it really just comes down to the team as a whole because on offense, we know what they're going to do. They have one of the best offenses in the league. Don't get me wrong. They had a couple games. They had a couple games where they struggled. They had, they struggled against the chiefs. They struggled against that, against the Broncos in that blowout loss. But I mean, other than that, other than that, they've been a team that has pretty much scored 30 to like 20 to 30 points minimum almost every, every week so far. I mean, they've even had three weeks this season where they scored over 40. This team can score with the best of them. I mean, Dak Prescott, in my opinion, has got to be comeback player of the year um, when you're looking yeah. at just overall performance and stats and what he does for a team. I mean, without him last year, this team was, what, under under 500? Yeah. I want to say, yeah, they were under 500 last they season. They didn't make the playoffs, say. yeah. They didn't make the playoffs, whatever else. They come right back first in NFC East. They start the season six and one. I mean, they're eight and four now. So yes, they've lost three of their last five, but still overall, always a team on a weekly basis to be reckoned with. Um, they're not going to be an easy out by any stretch of the means or anything by that. So they're a good team. CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Dak at the court, a Dak at the helm. I mean, these guys can play. Dallas Schultz is a developing tight end who is starting to become a favorite target of uh, Dak Prescott's. Michael Gallup is no slouch as a third receiver. These guys can play ball, especially on the offensive end. But what made them so dangerous, especially to start the beginning of the season, was that defense. Was Trayvon Diggs getting all those interceptions? Was Micah Parsons being an absolutely dynamic linebacker as a rookie it is J. Ron curse over here at the safety position being the defensive captain and making all the calls which allows micah parsons to play freely all those things add up to them having a very successful season to this point now we have to look at them moving forward are they still the same team that we thought they were through the first seven weeks of the season it's kind of yet to be determined. Ever since that Broncos game, they've been a little bit slower at the gate. Yes, they blew out the Falcons the following week, but other than that, they only scored 16 against the Broncos, and all those points came in garbage time. They only scored nine against the Chiefs, who, don't get me wrong, are starting to find it, and we'll talk about them a little bit more later. But they lose on Thanksgiving to the Raiders because they allow 36 points, and that defense struggles. I mean, those are the things you kind of start to worry about. I think we'll find out more about who they are after this game this week because this is, in a way, this is an upset. This is an upset alert game for the Cowboys. I'm not saying that they are going to lose. I'm not revealing what my pick is going to be for this upcoming pickums because uh, I kind of need to make a move on Cheyenne, and they, I know he's probably listening. But um, I just, just don't know. I mean, Washington's hot. They're on, what, a four- or five-game winning streak coming into this game. They've got Taylor Heineke, who's developing as a great quarterback stud. But it, it's going to come down to the Dallas Cowboys defense creating the turnovers that they did in the beginning of the season. Never going to worry about their offense, but 
defense does not create those same turnovers, we're looking at a different football team. And I could say that about any NFL team, honestly. I mean, obviously, if you win the turnover battle, if you're forcing the other team to give the ball up, it makes games a lot easier for you. It puts the it puts all the momentum on your side. It puts the game in your favor. But you can't just go from doing it every single game to having only two forced turnovers in the last five weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that totally changes the dynamic of your team when you're trying to win games, um, especially when the office starts getting comfortable because they expect to be like, you, you know how it is. Like when you're, you, we all played sports before when one side of the ball is dominating, it influences the other side's, performance i mean you feed off of each other defense feeds off the offense offense feeds off the defense so with them they just got to get back on the same page i'm with you trayvon Diggs, incredible player i'm not going to say mvp because that's just preposterous it won't happen especially with him as a defensive player and with him having a little having a slowdown in the turnovers and everything but defensive player of the year sure he can be in that conversation he can be in that conversation. I think there's other guys that we should definitely talk about as well. Um, Michael Parsons, as his own teammate, is somebody who has been an absolute disruptor for opposing teams this year uh, against the run and in the past game. I mean, he flies around. But um, incredible talent. Is he a rookie? I don't think he is. Is he a Save second year? He played last year? Okay, so it's his second year. Because I was going to say, if he had been a rookie, it'd be a hard pick between him and uh, Michael Parsons. But Either way, yeah, they're, they're great. They're, um, they have completely shattered all the expectations that I had for them. I expected their offense to do things, didn't expect their defense to do as much, um, and I expected them to be a 500 team at, at the end of the season. But they proved me wrong to this point. They look primed to win the NFC East and make it into the playoffs. So I, it, the future is bright for them looking forward, but uh, obviously – with them being the Cowboys and them being America's team, they're always going to hold scrutiny week in, week out. And if they do make it to the playoffs and fail to win a playoff game, it's going to seem like the whole world is crashing around them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them moving forward. But they are a good team, as much as I hate to admit it. Um, you were totally right on that, calling it from the beginning. But it, it is what it is. I think, I think if they get their defense back on – the same page it was earlier in the season that they'll be a force to be reckoned with against anybody, but we'll find out for sure this week against one of the hottest teams in the NFL and the Washington football team. And they have to get that W yank. I mean, we're going on and on. We're talking a lot of big things here and they have to get that big W. And I, I, I think they yeah. can, I mean, I've been picking them in the pick them every week. I mean, that, oh, yeah. That God is 12 and one. 12 and one against the NFC East in his last 13 games. So, I mean, it's not, he's, he's looking good every time they play a divisional opponent. We'll see if he can do it again. We'll see if they can make it through, but this will be a big test for them for sure. I think it's going to be a great test for them as well, because if they were, you know, the projected winner, if they won maybe against the Raiders or the chiefs, they'd have a way better record and, and all that jazz. But now like they're playing for playoffs, they're playing for, you know, an NFC East championship. And you got to go through Washington to do that. And you never want to be looking at Washington, you know, if you had a way better record, like, oh, we can maybe lose this one. Like, at this point, you need to win it just to, you know, 
not necessarily put a target on your back, just say like, hey, we're the big dogs on campus, like move over so we can go win our NFC East title. And I think that's going to be giving them huge confidence to go into the playoffs if they get that title. And it starts in Washington next week. Yeah, I, I agree because I, I realize it just looking at the standings now, but they, they still have to play Washington twice. twice. They haven't played them at all yet this season. They're in the same division, so they're going to play twice. I think they play this week, obviously, and then I think they play um, – three weeks from now. So I think they get a break in between and then they play each other again. But if they lose both those games to Washington, Washington stays hot and they all, and let's just say that they have the same record. Otherwise it'll, they'll be tied at the top of the division and Washington will win with a tiebreaker. So yeah, this is actually a huge game for both teams going into this weekend. So this will give us all the answers probably that we need moving forward. Exactly. I think I got to pull off that W. There's one of my picks for this week. Now, going on to my last team, uh, Cowboys, you know, I've been always bringing up. But this team we do hardly talk about a little bit. Um, they also have a rookie named Mac Jones. The New England Patriots are the hottest team on the block. Wait, they're first in the AFC? Huh? They just went in. Oh, what's that noise, Mr. Zizzy? Stats don't lie. All right, let me, let me tell you why they're number one. It's insane. Now, the AFC is already a tight battle. It's very competitive, just like in some other fantasy leagues and whatnot. But, Yake, let me break it down for you. Once again, going back into story mode. Week 9, taking care of business in Carolina. 24-6, to just an easy game for a rookie. I'm not saying the Panthers are bad, but it's a very winnable game by a rookie when you're looking at it on paper. Okay. Now, this Patriots defense is kind of coming alive. Bill Belichick has done all those huge free agent moves that we've already talked about on and on again, Yank. Okay. Then we go and they go play the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns, we've talked about, are going to be a playoff team. We've talked about, like, the Browns are back yeah. Baker. Okay. And they blow them out 45 to 7. Mac Jones, 19 for 23, almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. Taking care of business, granted, their rushing game bank right now is amazing. They have, you know, these running backs who are just going to go in and go get 100 yards a game and two touchdowns, just like Stevenson did in that game. I mean, they went and took care of business against the Browns, who we think are going to be a potential AFC North champ. Now, as we move on here with the New England Patriots, like that's a pretty commanding W, Yank, uh, when you, you know, oh, talk about it. Okay. Oh, it was. It, it oh. was, especially with the Browns coming off of a big week where they absolutely stomped. Uh, I want to say, who was it? The Bengals? I think it was the Bengals. But they had just stomped the Bengals by like 30 or dropped about 40 points on their head, and then they come back and get beat by 40. Yeah, that was a statement win for the Patriots. So you're hearing me. Seven points, three points. How about they go get a goose egg in week 11 on Thursday night football? 25 <laughs> to zero. This defense is raw. It's some Belichick defense. They are putting you in check. Now, that's what a rookie quarterback can be successful when you have that good of a defense that's going to allow zero points, a big old goose egg. Defensive coordinators dream about that kind of stuff, Yank. And that's why this Patriots team is so good. This defense will put you in a coffin. They will make you work, scratch, crawl for every single point given. All right? Okay, I give it to you. The teams they have faced, besides maybe the Cleveland Browns, aren't the best. Okay? Let's give them a real opponent. Tennessee Titans. 
which without Derrick Henry, I totally understand. They're still trying to work it out. Ryan Tannehill, that's a whole nother fiasco, a whole nother circus over there. All right? 300 yards, two touchdowns by Mac Jones. Stevenson and uh, Damian Harris have both have 40 yards apiece. Only allowed 13 points against a pretty high-powered offense. We talked about the great receiving court that they already have over there in Tennessee. And they went 36-13. to 13. Yank, that's another commanding W, showing you that the New England Patriots are the real deal. Yank, we're looking at all the stats. We're looking at their defense. We're looking at their offense. Bill Belichick is once again possibly a coach of the year candidate. You have to put him, if not number one, in the top three. Okay? So this team is the real deal. Okay? Now, let's throw something different at him, Yank. Let's throw, last night, a winter storm Adam Mac Jones never seen snow before all right granted Mac Jones throws two for three for 19 yards and wins they football <laughs> they win the game. are you kidding I could have went out there and handed the ball up I could have went out there got myself an NFLW you could have right but against the Buffalo Bills where they're a top AFC team they're in the same division right correct me if I'm wrong they're in the same division where those wins are crucial, and they have a very high-powered offense over there. Granted, the wind was absolutely crazy, and they run the excuse me run the ball over thirty times in this game to help them get a W, almost forty. Um, and Damian Harris just goes off, and any running back can pop off for that Patriots team. Bill Belichick once again ten points. That's thirteen points or less, Yank, in the past five weeks, nine or in the past. Four weeks, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Five, five, yeah. Past month and a half, they haven't allowed more than two touchdowns, Yank. 13 points is the most. This team is a real deal, okay? And they're the, possibly the best team in the AFC, without a doubt. The stats don't lie. I'm going to stick to them. The scary part is, are they peaking too early? Is the Patriots team showing everything they've got? They're showing their cards in the third round when there's still multiple rounds to play. Hopefully... Not if you're a Patriots fan, but if you're not, you're seeing how they are successful, and now you can game plan towards that. It's going to be really, really tough moving on for the Patriots because they have a huge target on the back. They're the number one seed now, all right? Just like I said, you probably didn't want to peak this early. You probably wanted to sneak to that first round bye in the last game of the season. You know what I'm saying? But uh, they have a bye week here in week 14, and they're going to be cruising with this huge winning streak and just let the teams go battle out so they can go rest up for the final stretch here and possibly go get a – Week one by in the playoffs. The Patriots are back. So I make these sounds when you first start mentioning the Patriots because as a, as a Dolphins fan, I just I hate yes. it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm so upset. I don't understand why a franchise has to be so damn good always. I just don't understand. I know that they have probably the best coach of all time in the NFL. I understand that they had the greatest quarterback of all time up until two seasons ago. But you're telling me that they go out and they draft Mac Jones and this kid looks like 2.0 <laughs> already. Like he's, he's a game manager and that's all they need because he plays within the system. He already said this past week, he doesn't go on social media because I don't get distracted. I have one goal in mind, and that's to win. It's exactly what you want to hear from your quarterback. It's exactly what you want to hear. 
You want him to go out and be confident. You want him to know that he can turn around and hand the ball off 46 out of 49 times against the Buffalo Bills and throw it only three times for freaking 19 yards and win a game against a team that just went to the AFC Championship this past season. Like, it's, it's incredible to see what they're doing. Their defense does not surprise me. The Patriots have always been a defensive team, even with Tom, even on the in the Tom Brady area. Their defense, Tom Brady era, their defense was always incredible. It's the backbone of that team. It's the backbone of what Belichick preaches as a coach. It, it is what they are. It's what they do. But for them to go out these past five weeks and, like you said, hold every opponent to 13 points or less, they have outscored their opponents 124 to 36 in the past five weeks. That's insane. That is crazy ridiculous. In the division themselves, the Patriots have scored the most points out of any team in the AFC East. Like That's not too big of a deal when you're comparing it against New York or maybe even Miami. Buffalo? Buffalo Bills, the team that all of us were picking like as a Super Bowl favorite probably or second favorite maybe coming out of the AFC other than the Chiefs. And they're and they're putting it to them. They're putting it to them and it's in Buffalo of all things this past of uh, last night when they were playing. Like you're th- and obviously they play in Foxborough. They're used to the cold weather, they're used to the wind gusts, whatever else, but they made Buffalo look like they weren't prepared on their home field. I mean, when you rush 46 out of 49 times and you get over 200 yards, like the, the defense knew it was coming and still couldn't stop him. Damian Harris was running on one leg and still took off for a 64-yard touchdown. And that It's incredible to see what they can do. It's incredible to see how consistent they are. They're pro- By win streak, they're the hottest team in the NFL. They're on a seven-game win streak now. Um, and it's just crazy to think that this is where we're at at this point with them starting – Two and five, or or other than that, um, what was there? How many losses? Two and four. Sorry. Yeah, two, two and four. four. Yeah, two and four to start the season. You're not. None of us were looking at New England like okay. None of us were saying they were a bad team because they were they were losing close games. They were competitive. I mean, they only lost by two to the Bucks and Tom Brady's reunion. Like we remember all that. They weren't a bad team, but no one was expecting them to be the number one seed overall on the nobody AFC. Did, nobody did. Nobody. And now here they are again, one year removed. They had one year of being mediocre, and here we are again, right back to the Patriots leading the division, right back to them being the number one. It's like, what? what is this? What is life? What is this? Why, do, why as a Dolphins fan, do we have to watch this happen? What? I just don't. I hate it. It makes me so upset, but I also have to respect it. I do. Because, I mean, they're they're an incredible franchise. They have incredible coaching. Their defenses stand out. Their offense is developing. But he just seems to get it. He understands exactly what he has to do week in, week, week out. He doesn't have to go out and throw for 400 yards. But he knows that he, like I said earlier, you don't, you don't win every game as a quarterback on your own. Because, obviously, he wasn't the one that won it last night. But you can lose every game. And Matt Jones goes out, and I said it even after their week one uh, loss to the Dolphins, that he looks like Tom Brady throwing the ball. He makes the right checkdowns. He hits the open man. He rarely throws an interception. I really don't think he has that many on this season. He might only have like three. But I mean, he's he has been incredible this this season as far as managing the game 
doing exactly what he needs to do to play within the system. Damian Harris, when healthy, is an outstanding running back. Their whole running back committee has produced well. I, I'm telling you, they go out, they get some more weapons at the wide receiver position. They're the Patriots, they're going to be around for a long time. They're just not going away. They just truly are not going away. So perhaps in New England, they're a great team. It's crazy to think that right now that the most likely Super Bowl matchup for the FPI, the Football Power Index, is actually the Patriots versus the Bucks. Could you Kinda. imagine? Oh my Could you imagine Tom Brady having to go back and play against New England in the Super Bowl? That's what I, I mean. That's Cinderella story. That that's the type of stuff that has people saying the NFL was rigged in a way. But I mean, you can't make this stuff up. New England is a real team, a real competitor. They just got a huge win last night to take a two-game lead in the division. I mean, I mean, they're nine and four. The next team at two in the division is Buffalo at seven and five. Miami's coming up. They're hot, but still, it doesn't. It doesn't take away from the greatness that the New England Patriots have put together these past seven weeks, especially on the defensive end, like you said, holding teams to 13 points or less. They continue this. They're going to be good for the rest of the season. Going into the playoffs, they're going to be a scary out. Um, You're talking about them peaking early. That's the only thing out of everything that you said that I probably disagree on. I think they're hitting stride right when they need to, Uh, just necessarily just because, I mean, they had their early season struggles. Now you're starting to see it. Like, they get it. It's coming together, and now when it's coming together, it's just scary. It's just scary what they're able to do, and I think that this will be this next game uh, in prime time on Sunday night is going to be their best test, um, pretty much moving forward into the playoffs. I mean, they're going against the Colts, who are probably the next hottest team in the AFC. Um, behind Jonathan Taylor and his legs and everything else that Carson Wentz has done supplementary. They've been a very hot team as of late as well. So that's going to be a great primetime matchup. I'm excited to see what they can do, if they can keep the win streak going. Um, but, yeah, the Patriots are real. And I know we're dragging on about them, but it's hard not to recognize talent when you see it. The scary thing, like you said, is uh, it might be another incarnation of Tom Brady, which, I mean, it's possible. And the big point you yeah, bring up, like, and I agree with goals, But, like, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, the way he plays, the way he manages the game, the mistake-free p- football, I mean, it's all reminiscent of the same in-system, I-do-what-I-need-to-do quarterback. And it, it hurts my soul. Hurts my soul. Yeah, and the – I do have to agree, disagree with you. I think they are peaking too early because now teams are going to look about how they win, what their defense does to make sure they're so successful in game game playing it. They're going to have so much film of seeing them successful. Granted, kind of a dumb thing to say, you know, like, oh. I know, but don't you, think, do. don't you think Bill Belichick, of all coaches, Bill Belichick isn't prepared for that? Bill Belichick doesn't do the same thing to oh. other teams? Like, nobody I, wants to see the Patriots right now. I completely understand that's a team you do not want to see, but they also going to look back on film. Where they've seen the, the Patriots not Okay, I do understand, but at the same point, they might be going downhill here in just a little bit. I don't believe it. I think they'll be a strong playoff team, especially with the performances they have been doing. But that's where I have to de- disagree with you. I think somewhere in there, someone's going to find something, and it's going to be super crucial. Now, it is crazy that you are right with the part of Mac Jones. You can lose football games if you drop the ball, if you throw an interception, you don't do this, you don't do that. 
or you can win it and do exactly what Coach Belichick wants, and you let the defense go to town and go to work. So there's that side of the story there, and uh, the Patriots are the real deal. Um, they're kind of scary, and yeah, I'm sorry that you're a Dolphins fan because it might be another Belichick Patriots reign there in the AFC East. You're up. Yeah, uh, just to close that out one more time, I think the only thing that maybe is a worry for the Patriots moving down the road is because we've been talking about them being such an insistent, like being about um, Mac Jones being such an insistent quarterback, about how good their defense has been, about how they've been in every game and played everything competitive. I think maybe the only thing moving forward that could maybe scare them or be worrisome in a game would be if they go down big, because we have yet to see a game where that it has that has required Mac Jones to completely take over. We don't know if he can do that a hundred percent just yet. If they can take a game with him and throw it fifty five times, fifty times, and completely rely on his arm to win a game, because they just have not had to. They've had the running game. They've had the defense, but. When you look at other quarterbacks in the league and other teams that they're probably going to be competing against in the playoffs, like a um, like a Josh Allen with the Bills, like a Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, things of that nature, like they're proven. They've they've shown that they can come back with their arm and done things of that nature. So that's the only thing that we haven't seen yet from Mac Jones as a quarterback, and that would be my only worry for them. But yeah, they're a great team, and they're going to happen with for years to come if everything goes as planned. But, like you said, do you, any remark on that? Are we good? No, that's the end mark on me. Okay. All right, all right. So, with that being said, those are Mickey's three teams. And, of course, we'll do a little bit of a speed round to kind of just recap where some of the other teams are. But I'm going to talk about mine. And first, we're going to talk about what this podcast is all about. Them Arizona Cardinals, the Number one team in the NFL, number one team in the NFC, as far as record is concerned, at 10 and 2. They're real. They're very, 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 very good. Um, let's go back to week nine, shall we? We're talking about at the 49ers in San Francisco in a game where they're coming off of their first loss of the season against the Packers. Kyler Murray gets injured. Um, D Hop is injured. They're missing their two best and most dynamic offensive players, and yet they come out and they beat a surging 49ers team convincingly, 31-17. to Colt McCoy is the starting quarterback. That tells you enough, but dang, James Conner. I'll tell you what. I know that Chase Edmonds – I'm not going to knock Chase Edmonds. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he plays great. But he – like, like James Conner has – totally cemented himself as the number one back at, in Arizona, in my opinion. At least, the, I mean, the man has double-digit touchdowns. In that game against San Francisco, he has 160 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. I mean, are you kidding me, man? Like, okay, Kyler's out. Let me put the team on my back. So it just shows that they're not one-dimensional. They don't rely on just one or two players to get it done on the offensive end, and I thought that was so cool to see. Then the next game, we're talking week 10. They do go and they lose to the Carolina Panthers. But let's not forget, it was Cam Newton's return. All right? Cam Newton comes out and his first two plays on the field are touchdowns. I mean, you know the momentum was on their side. You know everybody was hyped. Cam Newton screaming on back in the camera. 
I'll give them that one. They're still playing with their backup quarterback. They were still playing without DeAndre Hopkins. They were a little bit rattled when they went down 14 or nothing quick. So um, I'll give them that. Carolina was hyped up. They had Christian McCaffrey returning from injury. It is what it is. We'll, we'll move on from that one. But then they return again, still with Colt McCoy at quarterback, and they beat the Seahawks 23-13. to And then, like you say, follow it up against the Bears with the return of Kyler Murray and showing up on primetime NFL Sundays with four touchdowns to his name total, two rushing, two passing, 11 for 15. I mean, the man had the same amount of touchdowns as he had incompletions. I mean, what else do you want from a quarterback? You want nothing else from a quarterback because that's exactly what you want. Connor doing exactly what I was just talking about, over 100 yards from scrimmage, gets a receiving touchdown. Nice little spin move and everything, making moves out there on the field. Defense is doing what they need to do. Not always dominating. Um, I'm a little worried about them moving forward with their rush defense, especially still with the absence of J.J. Watt. But, I mean, this team is very, very good. And when I say very good, they are the best team in the NFL record-wise for a reason. I'm actually surprised that nobody, as far as talk shows or analysts as much, really bring them up or talk about them as much. It's almost like they've been forgotten a little bit. Like ever since they lost to the Packers and they weren't undefeated anymore, I know it's not as big of a market, but come on, guys. These guys are real. They are not messing around. They're not here to play games or joke with anybody. J.J. Watt might have been on to something even more than all of us when when he chose to go there and told everyone, this is the team that has Super Bowl potential. This is the team that can take me to the promised land. I said in the offseason, I said when we started this podcast this year, I love the Cardinals. I picked them last year to be in the top five. Not as much. I didn't this year. I had them number six. But still, that they're, nobody questioned them being a good team. It was just a matter of, are they Super Bowl ready? I didn't think so. Yet here they are at 10-2 and two with a perfect 7-0 and away record. That's impressive, especially in a year without the COVID restrictions. Like, fans matter now. Fans matter, and yet here we are with this team leading the NFL and the NFC as the number one seed overall. So not not much else to really say with them moving forward other than can they keep up the momentum. It's just been really impressive to see what they do so far. Um, yeah, uh, you already said it. I mean, the best team in the NFL, in my opinion, like you said with the record, is the Arizona Cardinals. You brought up Colt McCoy being in and they're still winning. You brought up J.J. Watt saying, like, this team is the real deal. Um, he's been saying it and all that jazz, so that's some of the stuff I'm going to agree with you. Sports analysts aren't talking about it much, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, we've been a Kyler Murray podcast for a very long time, granted, pretty much as long as we've been a podcast, because we love his <laughs> style of play. He gets touchdowns, and touchdowns, you know, correlate with Ws. If you score more touchdowns than the other team, you're most likely going to win. Granted, if some team has some crazy field goal day. Um, so there's that. You talk about this defense who's really hit stride and playing super well. And mm-hmm. this team is just so phenomenally good. I love James Conner. He might be in my top five, top ten favorite players in the NFL. I read his book. You know, kind of his whole backstory with all the cancer that he had. And when he was at Pitt and he was going through chemo. He'd go work out, like, almost dying, like, on the verge of crawling during workouts. But he went and got it on. And now, it's like, you know, it's paying off. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, got rid of him. Huge mistake. And he's giving, 
you know, telling them, I should say, that y'all made the wrong choice and should have kept me on the Pittsburgh Steelers because he's balling out. I think he's definitely going to go to the Pro Bowl if they do not go to the Super Bowl. Um, Super Bowl will be tough. The NFC is so wild so to run wide open because there's so many good teams. So, it's, I mean, both sides on it. The, the oh, hunt is crazy. The hunt, especially in the AFC, is tough. But, like, we have those solidified four to five teams who are elite in the NFC. And it's really who's going to take down Tampa Bay. Now, I don't think Arizona necessarily matches up as well. Uh, Arizona doesn't match up as well to Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay has the edge on paper and with, like, the weapons here, weapons there, about game planning, all that other stuff. So I think that's kind of their biggest, you know, scary thing. And we saw against the Packers how they didn't win that game either. Uh you know, that's another team they really don't match up well against. But all the other NFC teams, I think they do. So as long as they get some good selections there within the playoffs, good match- matchups, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with to make definite NFC championship title material. Yeah, no, 100% I'm with you. I think that at this point, if they can just keep it together these last few weeks to get into the season, it would be huge for them to be able to get that first round by. If they get that, I think Ooh, they got a real shot. Yeah, I think if they can, if they can pull that out, I think they got a real shot at being a true Super Bowl contender because that buy is just so crucial. But um, we'll see moving forward. I, I, there's no knock against this team. Nobody's questioned what they were able to do, especially after the fact that they kept winning even once Kyler Murray went out because everyone looks at this team and just watches Kyler Murray, the, tr- the magician, and sees him move around the pocket, sees him backpedal 20 yards, zigzag 13 yards forward, and then throw a 40-yard dime. Like It's crazy what they're able to do. But they've got the weapons. They've got D-Hop. they got A.J. Green, who has been a re- – resurgent version of himself not not to full capacity as what he once was but still has been much better uh rondale moore is a good third option obviously they got the two-headed monster in the backfield with edmonds and james connor but that they're a good team and they're very very good the defense is led by chandler jones and all of them out there i mean jj watts still basically a player coach now on the sidelines and who knows Maybe he'll be able to get back if they make it to the playoffs. He might be able to sneak back in there. He's mentioned that a couple times. But this team, just in general, very, very solid. Very excited to keep watching them moving forward. No, they're going to be an exciting team to watch and see where they get placed in the matchups. It's more at this point. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. If they can get that first round by, that's going to be so crucial for them to get the best matchup possible for them to get to that NFC championship. 120%. I agree. So with that being said, let's move on. Let's move on to that team that many of us had as the number one seed in the AFC heading into the season, your Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about them. Our two-time defending AFC champions have completely turned it around. We were wondering, were they going to find the switch? We were looking at them through, what was it? Through seven games, they were under 500, and we were all very perplexed, very confused. They had just gotten shellacked by the Titans 27 to 3. Then they come back, they get a meager little victory against the Giants in a game where everyone kind of expected them to blow them out. Like it, it, it has not been pretty, but I tell you what, they're on a five game win streak. 
and they're starting to put it together. And a big, a big factor in all that has been the defense. Let's talk about it. The first six games of the season, there was not one team that was held under 20 points, not one. And that that's not good for an NFL defense, not at all. But not one team was held under 20 through the first six weeks. And now you're looking at the past five. Let's say Giants, 17. Packers, 7. Raiders, 14. Cowboys, 9. Broncos, 9. It's a completely different team when the defense starts to play. And, I mean, every year, especially in these Super Bowl runs, we've seen this with the Chiefs defense. I mean, their offense has been had been – so crazy good that it didn't matter in the past couple of years whenever their defense was doing terrible because their the other team's offenses couldn't keep up with 45 and 50 points every game. Well, this year they haven't scored like that on offense as much. So it makes all the difference in the world when their defense is able to show up a little bit because while their, their offense is great, they, I mean, they're, they're still figuring it out. Defenses are playing them differently. They're not allowing all these overtop throws. They're not allowing Mahomes to get out of the pocket and be the magician that he is. But they've figured it out. They're not making the mistakes that they were early in the season. Mahomes isn't forcing his throws. He's taking what the defense gives him. He's getting the first downs where he needs to. And they're scoring the points that they need to to win the game. And that's really the that's all the name of the game is. It's almost like a Patriots version in the and it's almost like a Patriots version over here in the um, AFC. What are they? AFC West. AFC West. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's start back in Week Nine. They played the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. We expect them to win that game. Jordan Love, I, I don't think will be the answer. So the Packers better hope to God that they keep Aaron Rodgers after this season. Otherwise, well, you don't know what will happen to that. I know that you don't want them to because the Bears would totally benefit from that. But is what it is. We expect them to win that game. Then they show up against the Raiders and they drop the 41-point bomb on them. That's when everyone said, okay, back-to-back win or three row. They're over 500. We're, we're, we're looking good. Now they're starting to trend in the right direction. Then a big game against the Dallas Cowboys in which they hold that firecracker of an offense to only nine in a straight defensive struggle, and they go and win 19-9. I mean, hold the phone. The Cowboys were supposed to be real, real. The Chiefs were struggling. Now they're on a four-game win streak? Okay. And then the divisional matchup that we just watched, nothing crazy offensively to watch. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has now gone two games in a row without a passing touchdown for the first time in his career. <laughs> the Which is crazy to say that. Like, first time ever he's done that. Okay, this guy's crazy good. But still, they've won five games in a row. They get another big defense thing. I mean, when you look at it, Daniel Sorensen, his pick six and everything like Daniel Sorensen himself kind of like symbolizes the whole team's defensive turnaround in a way like that, that if there was a defensive player in this league this year that has just gotten ripped by the media, by other people, by us watching like fans, whoever it is, no defensive player has gotten ripped and scorned more this season than Daniel Sorensen for the Kansas city chiefs. And then for him to turn around against the Denver Broncos and get the yeah, picks oh, yeah. oh, yeah. the game. Like that, like villain to hero in a matter of seconds, just like that. And that to me 
totally symbolizes the turnaround for the Chiefs this season. Um, with their defense showing up, with their offense scoring just enough to get the job done, it 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 looks good, man. They look great. They're eight and four now, first in the division. Little demanding lead in the division, but I think it's a game, maybe two games. But I mean, none of, none of the other teams have looked super crazy powerful. I know they got Los Angeles over there um, with the Chargers, but I still I'm going to take Mahomes against any of these guys because they're proven. The team is proven. They've gone the Super Bowl back to back years. They've won a Super Bowl. Mahomes has an MVP under his belt, uh, and there's not much to question it's just a matter of when are they going to put both the offensive game and the defensive game together again and when they do how scary are they going to be so for me i I just i have to bring them up because this is the team that we kind of expected to be dominant coming into the season and now we're starting to see flashes of them winning again and it's I, I feel the fear starting to build up a little bit around kansas city again that's just me you, the Kansas City Chiefs have uh, one of those roller coaster type of years. I mean, we've definitely seen it with all the interceptions thrown for Patrick Mahomes. We haven't seen this. This is something brand new. We didn't think it was possible. And obviously, when you throw interceptions, you probably don't win a lot of ball games. Now, we already talked about the Dallas Cowboys. Like, that's a very crucial win for them. We talked about winning that game against Denver. Um, they're kind of getting that swagger back, like I talked about earlier. Now, you already said it. It's a complete flip-flop from last year. Call me a sandal. Like, the defense <laughs> is what's holding them. <clears throat> the defense is what is holding them accountable here. The defense is what's keeping them in games. The defense is what we're talking about. All throughout the past, it's offense this, offense that. They're the headlines on ESPN. They're the ones making the cover of magazines, Yank. And the defense come through and winning ball games, looking like the New England Patriots, where we know that defense is absolutely stellar. Now they're finally putting together, which we've said that defense has taken on places as well, but we're known them for their dynamite type of offense. And their defense is coming through. This can be scary because if they start clicking again, if they pick up that remote and figure out all the cheat codes again, like they're playing GTA, this team is going to be scary if that defense keeps it up and keeps them in games like that. Because that offense is going to boom. Business is going to start booming for Kansas City again. And we all just to sit back and watch. And it is going to be scary. Are the Kansas City Chiefs back? Like, that's a team you definitely don't want to be playing because, first, they want to prove everyone who was hating on them earlier that they're back. And, second, that they want to go and redeem themselves uh, compared to that Super Bowl last year. Now, like you said, uh, Sorison or whatever, Number 49 for the Chiefs. Definitely getting a lot of hate this year. I've been checking all the tweets and whatnot. But uh, doing the whole Euro step, calling James Harden. Uh, that was pretty good for him. A good W because the Denver Broncos are definitely a strong in the hunt team and a divisional foe. So, I mean, the Chiefs are going to be something to be, uh, look forward to moving forward. 100 and 50%. Absolutely. Um, nobody wants to ever see Patrick Mahomes across the field for them in the playoffs. So with them trending in that direction, especially with a divisional um, number, well, they'll win the division. They'll probably, they still have a shot at the number one seed. Obviously they're only a game behind uh, New England for the number one seed overall, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Nobody's going to want to stretch, especially if they continue to merge the offense and the defense back to where it needs to be playing on the same page. 
All right. Yeah, 100%. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And with that, we get to my last team that we're going to recap, which, of course, is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins! Miami Dolphins number one! have become the first team or second team in NFL history to go on a seven-game losing streak and then follow it up with a five-game winning streak. Um, let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. I'm, I'm hyped over here. Not like Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to stay calm because if I get too hyped, I'm just setting myself up for heartbreak again at some point down the road this season. But it has been a complete turnaround over here. Ever since, in my opinion, that Thursday night win against the Ravens, which is where we're going to start talking about them here in week nine. Week nine, Thursday night against the Ravens. Nobody expected them to win. I'm telling you, even I, one of the biggest Dolphins fans that I know, picked the Ravens and the Pickums to beat my Dolphins. There we, Jacoby Brissett was starting the game. There was no signs that Tua was going to play at all. We were struggling on offense. Our defense hadn't really done anything crazy good as far as forcing turnovers in the weeks up to leading up to that. We're on a seven-game losing streak going against uh, – well, actually, we had beat the Texans, I think, before that. But still, we lost seven of our last eight games going into that against the Baltimore Ravens, who are number one seed. And we completely – leave Lamar Jackson and her whole offense rattled. I mean, the defense came out and just absolutely stuck it to him. Kelly Brissett gets injured, allows, uh, forces Tua to have to come in the game with his injured, uh, with his broken finger. And he makes a little bit of magic happen. I mean, the game was more about the defense, but he comes in, scores a couple touchdowns uh, on a quarterback sneak, and then a wide-open wheel route, I don't know, broken coverage to Albert Wilson, but Either way, all that looked beautiful. It was such a such a good night. I didn't even care that I got the pickums wrong. It was just nice to see us win again. It was nice to see us do it against a really good team. And you know, it it always gives you hope because it shows you like, okay, our our team can do can do something. You know, like we're we're not the worst team, and we're not as bad as I guess we thought we were after the seven game losing streak. But let's see what we can do moving forward. Then we go against the Jets, win that divisional game. The next game, we come out against the Panthers and kind of rock them after they had just, uh, I want to say, beat the Cardinals coming off of that game. So Cam Newton's excited. Carolina's all hyped up. And Tua comes out, and they lead a 30 and what has an extremely efficient game. I think it was 27-31 that game. Uh, had 230 yards, one touchdown. I mean, what people don't want to talk about is Tua Tagovailoa himself. I mean, in the month of November, he completed 85% of his passes. 85%. That is the second highest mark since we created started creating that stat um, with the NFL merger. I mean, that's the second highest completion percentage for a month by a quarterback in that entire period of time. Like that, it's extremely impressive. We knew he was accurate coming out of college, but 85% for an entire month. Yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. Stop. Stop it. And then this past weekend, we go and we play the Giants. I mean, two again, 250 yards, two touchdowns, doesn't have a turnover. Uh, we, we look good. We look consistent. Jalen Waddle is an absolute stud as a rookie wide receiver. I mean, if you want to talk about 
Defensive Player of the Years with Michael Parsons. We could talk about Jalen Waddle being up there in the Jamar Chase conversation for Rookie of the Year as far as offense goes. I mean, you can talk about Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can talk about Mac Jones and a few of them, honestly. But by production, I mean, Jalen Waddle's been killing it as a receiver. Miles Gaskin's been a decent running back for us. The defense is finally coming together now that we're all healthy. Byron Jones and X have them. Hanging out in the corners, locking receivers down. Jalen Phillips, the rookie defensive end, coming out here. Eight and a half sacks on the season, five sacks in the last two games. The man has woken up. He's starting to figure it out. I'm telling you, what, it, it makes me so happy to see. If we add a little bit more to the linebacker core, we fix that O line because, God, that O line is so good. But. It just it gives me it gives me hope moving forward. I mean, we're six and seven now. We're in the hunt. We're on the page. Whenever they show the playoff breakdown, the NFL countdown, I'm like I'm excited. We have a possibility. Our next three games, we're looking at uh, we're looking at the Jets. We're looking at the Saints, and we're looking at the Titans. I mean, those are all winnable games. You win those three, you go on an eight game winning streak, and you're nine and seven. And then you're going into week 17 against the Patriots. And it's pretty much at that point, I can see that as a do or die, win and get in type thing, type scenario. You never know as a wild card team. So uh, just the fact that we're in the hunt, the fact that I've got a chance and can be as happy as a fan to watch the game every Sunday right now, it, it's been awesome to see. Um, Tua is, I'm his biggest supporter again. I know we were starting to talk about. Um, his struggles earlier in the year, and we weren't sure. And like, we, you would love to bring up the whole Jalen Hurts discussion versus him or Justin Herbert, whatever else. Tua has that longest active streak in the NFL right now for quarterbacks with a passer rating of 100 or more. He's had four games in a row now with a passer rating of 100 or higher. The highest, the next highest in the NFL right now is two games. So for me. He's doing everything that he needs to. He's completing a very high percentage of passes. He's getting rid of the ball in under three seconds on average. He is the third quickest release time for any quarterback over the last, um, I think, for this entire season, actually. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. That's because our O-line is garbage, and he has to. But to see him do that, complete the amount of passes that he needs to, it, it all tells me that, you know what? I think we do have our quarterback. I'm glad we didn't make that trade. And I think that we just need to stick on this road, ride the hot streak, and let him build his confidence more and more with every win that we have. And we might just be in it at the end when I'm talking playoff race. I'm going to let you gloat and be happy <laughs> for this time. Yeah, I had yes. I I had my time to be sad. You have your time to be happy. The Dolphins are on a little bit of a winning streak. Now, we can go on and on about the Jalen Hurts, who I think is still uh, the better quarterback. And you can call to a Mr. Efficient of the NFL. Um, sure, he's efficient. I don't know about being scoring, being all this, being a game manager. You can bring up all those stats about being that efficient. I mean, Mac Jones was efficient, two for three. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> Only one incompletion. All right. Um, they do have some easier matchups or winnable games coming up, which is crucial. For them, uh, and they kind of were in the beginning of the year trying to find themselves again, and they might have found themselves now. Tua, I believed in Tua. You did not, though, Yankin. This is where I'm going to be mad at you. You <laughs> wanted the trade. 
You wanted Deshaun Watson to come save your season. And you're trying to get back on the boat of Tua. Tua's still on my fantasy team. I've tried to believe in him. He's had a lot of injuries this year. Hopefully he takes me, you know, in one of my leagues to the promised land. I've said Tua is good, and I said he was going to have a good season this year at the beginning of the year. Now, you, in the middle of the year, wanted to sink Tua's boat and make him sink all the way down to the bottom and jump on Deshaun Watson's ship. And now you're trying to back jump back on after he's putting up some pretty good numbers, efficiently-wise. Not necessarily yards, touchdowns, all that jazz week by week, but for efficiency. Now, I don't know if Tua should allow you to be back on the fan base because you wanted Deshaun Watson just a few weeks ago. So I'm going to put that to bed. Not really to bed, but bring that up to the case. Bring that up of your hype train just to remember, you know, remind you that you wanted Deshaun just a few weeks ago. But I'm going to let you gloat. I have to bring that to the podcast for everyone listening. I'm going to let you gloat. I'm going to let you say all that. But uh, the Dolphins are pretty good. They have a really good chance to make the playoffs. And uh, they're, you know, kind of like the Patriots peaking at the right time. Or Patriots are peaking too early, but the Dolphins, like, you needed all these wins to somehow come back. You needed it. Needed it, needed it. I know the Colts last year started off really, really bad, and they ended up really, really strong. Dolphins is kind of that team that's very similar this year. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to see if the Dolphins can do it. And I know they'll have that tough Week 17 matchup, Week 18, my apologies. Depending if the Patriots even play people, they might have the first round by all uh, locked up there, so they might not even play anyone, which will go in the Patri- or in the <gasps> Dolphins' favor. But uh, I got to let you gloat. I got to let you go on your tangent because, yeah, you got it like that. Yeah. Um, two things. First, even I could just totally – I would love to see the Patriots in a way be have that – locked up so they didn't play anybody but then I would also like totally see Bill Belichick saying, being like oh it's the Dolphins like AFC's divisional opponent yeah we're gonna yeah, go yeah, kill yeah. we're gonna go kill them screw them I could totally I could totally see that um, which would piss me off but either way I like our schedule get leading up to that game the more confident we get who knows week 17 you go against a good Patriots squad could upset them just like we did with the Ravens you never know could be a big time defensive game. But I will go back to your comments about the Deshaun Watson and all that. Yes. Yes. I, I'm not going to say I jumped off the train completely. Let's slow down there. I but, mean, almost. But I was very unhappy. I was perturbed. There's a lot of things going on with the team. We were riding a very heavy losing streak in a season where I picked the Dolphins to be a top five team in the AFC. Why? Because I believed in the defense. Because I believed in Tua Tagovailoa. I thought he was going to be incredible coming in his second year. And now he's finally starting to show what I thought we would have coming into the season. Beginning of the year, he got crushed by the Bills, was out for three weeks. And he comes back and was in for one game. And then gets hurt again, out for another with his finger, misses a half against the Ravens. It was just hard to deal with that, knowing with all the trade rumors around that Deshaun Watson could easily come to the Dolphins. And that's a top five talent if he's on the field. So it wasn't necessarily about me wanting to get rid of Tua as much as it is just knowing Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback and would be fine as a Dolphin for us moving forward as long as we fix our own line and everything else. But, I mean, 
we've seen Deshaun Watson play without a line in Houston. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him play well without one in Miami. So I wouldn't have been upset. But here I am now, um, knowing all the turmoil that surrounds Deshaun Watson, knowing the efficient numbers that Tua is starting to put up, seeing the confidence build around him and the team in general. The, the GM made the right decision. Coaches made the right decision to keep him. And now we're looking good riding the five-game win streak. And Tua is just the most humble, humble dude ever. I mean, I love listening to his interviews. I love watching him talk to everybody. I mean, play the game the right way. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. I, I appreciate you calling me out. Everybody needs to eat a little bit of a slice of some humble pie every now and then, and that'll, that'll be mine for this week on the podcast. I'll be reminded that I left, I banded my own quarterback for a couple weeks, but we're back. He'll allow me back on the train because I know he would. And uh, here we are again. Dolphins for life. Dolphins are barely alive, but, Zizzy, I know we've been <laughs> – having an extra long episode for us not are coming back to live here on the podcast we want to say thank you for listening so far yeah this long episode hopefully uh you all got our thoughts on the nfl and how it's been going so far but we are a back and alive now mr zizzy do you want to crank out this real quick lightning round from week 13 like lightning yeah. round yeah, we'll do it for just week thirteen, though. I don't think we can do lightning no for all four weeks. So let's all let's stick right. with it. And we're off for the lightning round. We already talked about it, but the Cowboys Saints. The Cowboys get a twenty-seven to seventeen dub, solidifying that they're an elite team. Zizzy. Yep, Cowboys are a solid team. Can their defense hold it together? The Saints are struggling without their with their quarterback issues, and they're looking like they're pretty much done for. Um, but Cowboys gonna have a big game this weekend. We'll see what happens. The Dolphins and the Giants, twenty to nine. W Tua is back in Zizzy's mouth. He is super happy. Zizzy is that Tua's playing well, being Mister Efficient. Absolutely, Tua's efficient. The Giants, I mean, they're a struggle. They're a struggle bus. They kind of have been all year. They play opponents tough, but Dolphins riding a five game win streak. The Indianapolis Colts are trying to make a name for themselves with a 31 to 0 skunk goose egg over the Texans. I'll tell you what, man. My MVP of this entire NFL season is Jonathan Taylor. I don't care what anybody says, man. That that cat is balling. 32 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. Nobody can stop him. Watch out for the Colts. They're the hot one of the hottest teams in the AFC. And the Lions, yes, you heard me right. The Lions are in the winner's column. 29-27, <laughs> upsetting the Minnesota Vikings as the buzzer sounds. Dan Campbell goes crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're screwing me in the pickums. I definitely wasn't picking them to win against the Vikings, but you never know, man. It's a divisional opponent. Big win for them. All I got to say is you got to feel for Dan Campbell, man. Like, if there's a coach that any of us would want to play for in the league, I feel like it's him. Well-deserved win. They needed it. Vikings, five losses this year in overtime or late in the fourth quarter by a touchdown or less. That hurts moving forward. The Eagles take care of business against the New York Jets. Garter Minshew makes a start there and gets an easy W. Minshew magic, baby. He looks good every time he steps in as a starter. I'm surprised he's not a starter for another NFL team somewhere. But, um, yeah, man, the Eagles, 
have been a hard team to judge. Uh, they're going against the Jets, though. We'll see what happens when Hurts gets back. The Bears lose a team that's better than them, Cardinals, 33-22. Yeah, it's best team in the NFL against the against the Bears without their starting quarterback. I mean, not much more to say. The Chargers win a very high-scoring matchup, 41-22. to The Chargers are trying to tell people, we are good. We are good. Yeah, every time I watch them, it just hurts me thinking that we, like, Justin Herbert was there when we could have done that too, even though I wanted to have backed them. But the kid's a young superstar. He really is. That offense is crazy, and they do what they had to do this past week. One game behind the Chiefs. Can they make it a race? The Buccaneers beat the Falcons 30-17. to Tom Brady owns the Falcons. He is the owner, 10-0 and against the Falcons, including playoffs. Yeah, um, the Bucks are starting to look really good again on offense. I'm talking like Super Bowl contending type of offense again. Gronk comes back, gets two touchdowns. Godwin has 15 catches for 150. They're doing that without Antonio Brown, whether or not he gets back. Bucks are crazy good. The Rams beat the Jaguars 37-7. to Anyone could have predicted this, even a fish. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything else. That's perfect. And the Washington football team, who we said might be one of the hottest teams in the NFL, win over the Raiders, 17-15, and a thriller of a football game. Moving on. (laughs) Steelers win another thriller over the Ravens in a 20-19 game. Are the Ravens a good football team? Who will know? The Ravens are a good football team, but John Harbaugh made the dumbest decision of a coach this past weekend. Just kick the field goal. You're the better team. Go into overtime, you dumbass. All right. And the Seahawks win another thriller of a game over the 49ers, 30-23, to upsetting the San Francisco 49ers, who probably needed that W to help them out later on to try to make the playoffs. Yeah, 49ers are a hard team to judge, man. I pick them a lot in the pickums and kind of get disappointed. Their defense is really good. Offense has flashes, but Seahawks were due for a win. Am I wrong? I think they were just due for a win. The Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-9. We're Euro step into a W there. Yeah, Chiefs are, I mean, when the defense is playing real, you you, you got to be worried about them. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with down the road. And finally, we already talked about it, the snowball. Three total passes thrown by the Patriots, and they win by four points, 14-10. They ran the ball 46 times out of 49 plays. You couldn't see that coming, Buffalo. Good job. All righty, and that is your lightning round. Y'all, we are alive. We are doing well. Life is keeping us busy. I know this is an extra long episode. We had to get all the extra long time that we were gone all caught back up. The Bears are almost dead, but we're going to be alive and upsetting teams. Catch me on Sunday Night Football doing the Chris Collin. We're sliding. Hopefully it goes Megatron. Uh, that's all we got to say, but we are alive. We are back better than ever. Like you said, we've all been busy, but we got to make sure to get these episodes back to you guys, keep you all updated. NBA episode coming soon. NFL taunting rule episode coming soon. We got a bunch of content coming back to you guys. Uh, just stick with us. We'll be here. All right. Last second. Last second comments for you, Mickey. The Bears are upsetting Green Bay on Sunday when I'm there in Lambeau. You know what? 
I don't believe that, but I would love to see it just for you. Just for you, Mickey. I'll, I'll speak that into existence. Let's go, Chicago. And on my end, let's keep that winning streak rolling, Miami. Let's get the 500, boy. Okay. And if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Peace.